welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Meditation Studio. I'm Patricia Karpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who share how meditation and mindfulness practices change our lives. Our podcast is brought to you by Meditation Studio, Apple's pick as one of the 10 best apps of the year. Why download the app? Because life is messy. We get stressed, anxious, have trouble sleeping, we work too hard, we deal with conflict, our hearts get broken, we worry about the state of the world. We meditate because we're human. Our app gives you hundreds of meditations from over 30 leading experts. It helps a lot. And if you haven't tried the app yet, you can now try it for free and explore a starter series plus a sample of some of our favorite guided meditations in the Discover collection. You may also want to check out our new meditation collections this year. Mindful eating, work, authentic leadership, and a special collection just for college students. There's also a new mindful work and sleep basics course. If you've already got the app, check out our new unguided meditation timer where you can create your own meditations with or without our brand new, pretty amazing music tracks. And don't forget the eight free meditations on Alexa. Just ask her to enable Meditation Studio. This week, we have a special edition of Untangle focused on mindfulness for moms. Our guest is psychologist, mindfulness teacher, and co-founder of the Center for Mindful Living in LA, Stephanie Goldstein. She's also the mom of three young boys. Stephanie shares both wisdom and vulnerability when she describes how difficult it can be to be a mom. And she says, parenthood is not for the faint of heart. Learning to listen to our own inner wisdom or inner voice can be so helpful when feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, or just easily annoyed. She suggests that we use these moments as an invitation to be more accepting of where we are, to be more compassionate with ourselves, and to pause to mindfully attend to our own inner experience. Take time to see what you truly need. Not that she's always able to do this, but she likes to think she's in this for the long haul. And this helps her not to get swept into the undertow of a particularly difficult mom moment. A great piece of advice, find the joy. We're often in our autopilot routines and forget to stop and really treasure some of the great and joyful moments as moms. Stephanie is one of our amazing teachers on Meditation Studio, and I loved hearing her wisdom. Now, here's Stephanie. Stephanie, it is so great to have you on Untangle today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Patricia. I'm so excited to be here and really talk about moms and Mother's Day and how we can just create more peace and ease in ourselves and in our families. Yeah. And you're a mom of three boys and a mindfulness teacher and a psychologist, and you're just like the perfect person to talk about this. So I'm so excited to have you. Yes. And I would add that I'm also a parent who totally messes up and does not always practice my mindfulness or my psychology. And so that is an important piece that I really want to put out there too, that yeah. I'm a real parent, just like everybody else who's trying to do the best they can. Yeah. And I want us to get to that idea of imperfection. Let's start with, you know, there's so much pressure for moms and for women in general to juggle careers and raise children and women are exhausted and levels of anxiety among female employees. I mean, there are a lot of statistics about this. 
are particularly acute for people and for women in their 30s and 40s. And I read the statistic that some 70% are more likely to suffer work stress than our male colleagues. Can you talk a little bit about how mindfulness can help moms to feel more empowered, less stressed, both at work and at home? Absolutely. But I actually, I first want to address the piece of being a working mom. It's no joke. It is a hard juggling act. And I also want to honor all the moms who are stay-at-home moms, which is a whole other juggling act, which is incredibly challenging at times. And there's this idea of balance that we are all striving for. And it's, you know, in so much literature and everyone constantly talks about, like, I just need to find the right balance. And there really is no balance. In every moment, there are different things that have come up that we have to navigate and work with. And I think my biggest piece of advice would be to really spend some time listening to your own inner knowing about what is the right fit for you. Of course, there are financial struggles in which even if something doesn't feel like the right fit, we still have to have a job and work, even if we'd rather stay home with our kids or be in a job that's not our ideal position, but gives us good benefits or whatever the situation is. And so sometimes there's things beyond our control, but the way that we relate to those experiences and also giving ourselves the opportunity to actually pause and check in and honor your own needs and what is true for you, I think gets ignored a lot and goes a long way in helping you find that ease and that grace. And really what I'm talking about is mindfully attending to your own experience. Where is your yes? Where is your no? Like for example, I worked yesterday seeing clients and I saw eight people straight and then I was gonna go out and see some other mom friends and I was looking forward to that. And I came home and I was exhausted and I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this. And my husband was out with the kids. And then I just, because I paused for a moment to just rest for a few minutes before I went back out, I touched that voice in me that said, I need to stay home. I need to care for myself and not just keep going. And so I, was, I had a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing <laughs> out. And I saw pictures later and was like, oh, that looked like fun but I honored what I needed to do to take care of myself. And I only realized that because I practiced a few minutes and it really was just a few minutes of pausing and checking in and then honoring what I needed. So it sounds like what you're saying is that your mindfulness practice really gives you this ability to be more self-aware, to be more aware of how you're feeling. Because what you're suggesting is that as a mom, regardless of your situation, it's really important to be able to tap in to your own experience, to what's important to you, to what works for you, given all the different sort of things that are going on in your life. And if you're like new to meditation or mindfulness practice, well, first of all, is that really what you're saying? Like, is it tapping into what's true for you that gives you that ability to make choices that are healthiest for you? Yes. So as women in general, and particularly as moms and moms who work, there's so much that we are attending to on any given moment. 
And so we're in a job, we're attending to the expectations and needs that we need to do to do our job well. And at the same time, we're holding, okay, I have to make a doctor's appointment for my middle one. And, oh, I really need to email this teacher. And, you know, is he going to be okay? And it's all happening all at the same time. And because of that, and we're so good at that, right? we don't then stop to take the time to check in and see what we need. Mm. And in my experience, my mindfulness practice and the longer that I have done it, and what I mean by my mindfulness practice is there are formal and informal ways of doing that. There's many ways of doing formal practice. And there's also doing that in just moments, moments in between. And I find that the more anxious I get or the more scattered I get, the less I'm doing that. And when I can take those moments that sometimes I feel like I don't even have the time for, and I'm talking about one minute, two minutes, five minutes, not saying you have to sit for 45 minutes, wherever you can find those moments, but just to put the phone down, take some breaths and check in. How's your body feeling? Is there tension anywhere? Often you'll find there may be tension in your jaw or tightness in your chest or your shoulders or up to your ears, or there's some tightness in your wrists. And so beginning to just notice that and soften it and check in and see what you might need. And it actually ends up, in my experience, making you more efficient and more clear in how you go about the rest of your day because you're not as scattered. Yeah, it's such good advice because so many people, I mean, exactly what you're saying is the reason a lot of people don't meditate, right? They're too busy. They don't have enough time. They don't know how to integrate it into their everyday lives. And so I love what you're saying that it's just like stop being on autopilot, take a breath, take a pause. If you had to give a mom specific practices or tools to really integrate into a day, what would you suggest? Well, I think there's a few practices that come to mind. One is a self-compassion break, because I think as parents, and this is not just for moms, but I think this goes for parents too. I certainly know it does for my husband, that we are slated with this immense responsibility to raise good, kind, loving, compassionate, smart people in the world. And that's a big responsibility. And so with that, then also comes all the shame and the self-blame and the self-doubt and the criticism on when we feel like we are not living up to the expectation that either we want to be for ourselves, that we have set for ourselves, the expectation that we feel like society is placing on us, or even familial expectations. And it is at times crippling. And so one practice that I know both my husband and I have done numerous times when things have just gotten really unruly and really hard. And either one of our kids has, you know, having a tantrum for an hour or our older two boys will go at each other. And sometimes we'll snap and we'll yell and flip our lids and to be able to, in the moment of recognition that you have flipped your lid, that you have snapped in a way that you don't feel good about, said something you don't feel good about, the moment of recognition becomes then an invitation to just take some breaths and really acknowledge what a difficult moment this is. 
and how painful this is. And allow yourself to just be there for a few moments. And then let come forward whatever encouraging phrases or words that feel like you need to hear in this moment. And sometimes it's just as simple as, it's going to be okay. Or this is going to pass. It always does. Whatever you need to hear. And then the last part of this, which I think is really quite crucial, is to expand your awareness to include all the parents that have been in a moment just like this and to know you're not alone. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because I think it's that moment. And, you know, this happens at work and at home with tantrums and difficult conversations and frustrations. It's that moment when you're about to lose it. I like this idea of having some phrases that you can go to even, and that that's part of a mindfulness practice that you can say, this will pass. You know that you can automatically take a breath. And are there some phrases that you would offer? I would also suggest this is a hard moment. And in life, there are hard moments. Part of it is creating some space And, you know, I also am a big believer in trusting in your own inner wisdom in that really asking yourself, what do I need to hear right now? And it will come. But Stephanie, I love what you just said. And I know this is in some of your meditations on Meditation Studio, but it's even a good reminder for me, this is a hard moment. And in life, there are hard moments. Just remembering that gives you a sense of this bigger picture and doesn't suck you into the undertow of the moment, which is often the biggest challenge we have in conflict. And I think as parents, because there's... Yeah, the undertow of a... Especially with small children. There's the long game of like, okay, we're in this for the long haul. And then there's the moment of what's happening. I often get caught up in the moment. My kids will do something that they might lie or cheat at a game or be unkind to each other. And I'm like, oh God, does this mean they're a bad person? What are we doing? And I lose the long game. I lose that, okay, this is all part of development. This is all part of life. You try things and you find out what works and what doesn't and where are the consequences and how does it feel? And it's all part of learning. But I initially will get that panicky feeling. Mm-hmm. I take that responsibility of raising these kids to be kind, compassionate, loving, intelligent, creative people in the world. And of course, they can't always be that amazing. I'm not always that amazing. <laughs> it's right. a tall order. Put on them. Yeah. And so it's holding that balance, you know, right. if your child is struggling in any way, and we've certainly had times of that with each of our kids where there's been some pretty dark chunks of time where we don't know if it's going to be okay and how it's going to work out. And I think too, again, tapping into all of the people that have traversed this before us and having a deep sense of faith, if you can find that within yourself, that whatever it is, it's going to be okay. Hmm. Figure out a way. They'll figure out a way. We all are so incredibly resilient and trusting in that. And of course, it's hard to always connect to it. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that and it doesn't seem to be true. And yet even in the person who is struggling so much, 
there is a fierce resiliency that lives in them that has gotten them to even be where they are right now. We're going to take a little break here because we need to support our podcast and give it a little love from time to time. So this 30-second break gives a shout out to our sponsor, Yoga International. Yoga International offers a way to deepen your yoga practice by offering over 1,500 classes and workshops that you can take from the comfort of your home. Pretty cool. Whether you want to chill with restorative yoga, power up with some vinyasa classes, or check out Kundalini, they have got it all. And it's super affordable and much more convenient than running out to a studio. And better yet, there's a special offer for Untangle listeners. A 30-day free trial plus an Essentials of Meditation course, normally a $99 value. You definitely want to check this out at yogainternational.com slash untangle. That is yogainternational.com slash untangle. Now, back to Stephanie. Now we're seeing more and more mindfulness programs in schools, but I'm really wondering if there should be more and more mindfulness programs for parents because parents understand these tools that you're suggesting, you would think that the whole family would be a little more peaceful. Well, Thich Nhat Hanh, who is just a truly gifted, beloved teacher who has a quote that is peace in oneself, peace in the world. Right. So beautiful. To me, there's almost no truer statement. And I experience that from the inside out. When I'm irritated and in a bad mood and I'm driving and someone cuts me off, I'm angry. Versus if I'm in a good mood and things are good and someone cuts me off, I'm like, all right, go ahead. Clearly you're in a hurry. But the way I'm relating to it is different. And both my husband, Elisha, and I, who's also a psychologist and a mindfulness teacher, have always really focused on mindfulness in the family. Because to us... One, it's very personal, right? That's what our life is. And we can't leave and go on retreat as often as we would like to and, you know, meditate for 30 or 45 minutes a day perfectly without an animal coming in or a kid coming in. And so we've really had to figure out how we can bring it into our family. And so it's been a passion of ours to bring it into other families. And so our center in Los Angeles, the Center for Mindful Living, we have mindful family classes. So we have multifamilies groups that come in and they learn mindfulness together. And then Elijah and I have also created a mindful family retreat where we go somewhere. This year we're going to Costa Rica. We go somewhere different and we take seven families and we have this really beautiful experience together where we're practicing meditation. We're doing mindful movement. We're learning how to communicate more mindfully and connect. And we're also incorporating it into true mindful living by having fun and really enhancing our experiences by being present to them. And so it's so important. And when I go and I bring mindfulness into different schools, I won't do it unless I can also work with the parents and work with the teachers. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so great. And so to me, that's the way you elicit change and you create a shared language And that that is the best way to support our youth is if the adults are practicing themselves. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen big changes in families and parents just by learning these new tools. We have this cultural pressure to look all perfect on the outside. And I know that so many moms and so many working moms, especially that I know, have so much anxiety about 
things being perfect, about looking perfect, about having a great job, about their kids showing up, also looking great and acting like perfect little children. And what's your thought on that? And my question is really, how do we let go of imperfection? How do we think about that in the context of mindfulness? Well, I think it actually goes back to the self-compassion that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. We are imperfect beings and Mm -hmm. we are going to mess up. And I tell this to parents all the time and my husband and I joke like, oh, 20 bucks for the therapy jar. Like (laughs) (laughs) things happen and we're like, whoops, that was not so great. (laughs) And if we get so arrested every time we do something and which is not perfect and not right, we get stuck. And what research has found is that with parenting, it's not so much about the fact that parents mess up because that is a given, but it's how do you make repair? Do you make repair? How do you come back? And that's how you continue to strengthen the relationship. How do we maybe even embrace imperfection or recover from it or let go of it? We have so much societal pressure as mothers to do everything right and perfect and put photographs on Facebook that show that we're doing that. And so how do we let go of that comparison or that need to be perfect? There's a famous quote of comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. It's really so true. And in the age of Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all of these social media platforms, which can be incredible and keep us connected to elementary school friends and all of these great things. It also only shows the highlight reels and myself included. I've had a lot of health issues this year and I now take a lot of herbs and supplements and some prescription medications. And this morning I was taking, you know, my big handful and I was like, I should be taking a picture of this and posting this on Facebook because this is also part of my life and what it's like to be a mom who has some health issues and works and makes mistakes. And I think it goes back to the self-compassion that we were talking about earlier in that studies and researchers have found that it's not that as parents that we mess up and then therefore we screw our kids up, but it's much more about how do we handle the repair or do we even handle the repair? Mm. What can we do once something has happened? There's been a rupture. You've acted in a way in which you really don't feel good about. You have flipped your lid and said something or done something, or even for your kids when they have done that to you, to begin to model for them what it's like to take responsibility, own that those moments have happened, and make repair. Yeah. And that is incredibly healing. It's also really good modeling to your kids of like, hey, I made a mistake, and it's not the end of the world, and I feel really crummy about it. I want you to know that, and I see that, and I own that, and I want to know how we can move forward, and what do you need, and vice versa. Of We really also try and tell our kids when the things that they do impact us, because I think that's also important that they understand when you talk to me in that tone of voice, it actually really, it hurts, and it makes me want to close off and not engage with you, and I still love you but this is how I'm experiencing you. One of the gifts of my mindfulness practice, you know, because my kids 
because they're raised by two psychologists and they've had mindfulness in their schools, you know, are fairly aware and which is incredible, but it also means they call us out quite a bit too. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And so early on, I really had to find a place in me where I can receive that and it not be so injurious that it's like, oh God, my kid's calling me out. I'm a terrible parent. What does that mean? There's definitely that sting, but I really try and remain open to them being a mirror. Yeah. Me. Yeah. And receive that. And I feel like that is one of the gifts of my mindfulness practice that I have been able to do that because I can tolerate that discomfort more. My ability to have compassion for myself when I'm like that is greater and my ability to recover more quickly has increased. And I still do those things. And you know what I think is really great is that you're showing your kids that you're human. And that's a really important thing for moms to be able to do. One of our teachers on the app, Chrissy Carter, is about to deliver her first child in June. Also, Emily Fletcher, we're having like this teacher baby, baby, Yes, And so what advice would you give? I mean, of course, these are already meditation teachers, but okay. So let's say what advice would you give to new moms? First of all, in terms of dealing with the first couple of months post delivery and then kind of riding, this is a big open-ended question, but like sort of riding the emotional roller coaster of all the different phases. I know you don't have teenagers yet, but you work a lot with teenagers. I'm not quite, but already this morning I was like, you a teenager already? Well, and you work with teenagers, so maybe you can just sort of give some overall tips or advice on what you would give to a best friend who was going to be a new mom. One of the biggest things is as best as you can, accepting where you are in the moment. It is a huge shift, and particularly for women who have been working to one, stop working. And so then at least temporarily, so your identity becomes called into question. Then you literally are just not able to do everything you could do before. And one, because your body has gone through such a massive physical transformation and then a massive experience and there's the recovery process. And then there is just this baby who you were in a world that sort of ceases to have time and space. And it is a short period of time, but it is very confusing, I think, for a lot of new moms. There's something really beautiful and lovely about it, but it can also be really hard because you are not as able as you normally are and you need support and you need help. And sometimes you have amazing family and friends and they rally around and that's incredible. And sometimes you don't have that. And then that makes it even harder. Some people can afford to pay for help. Some people can't. All of those pieces. But as in anything, the more we resist, the harder it becomes. And so really giving yourself permission that, okay, that's what this time is. And I had a friend who chose not to leave her home with her baby for the first 40 days. And we just made this conscious choice of, okay, this is this sacred time. And so she released herself of any of those expectations. And it was a really beautiful experience for her. It was her first kid. And so with her second kid, I was like, okay, let's see what... (laughs) 
we'll see if you can do that this time. And that's part of life too. Right. By the time it was my third, I think on like day three, we were at soccer practice. And I think it's one of the greatest lessons in life. And even like I was saying with my health issues this year, one of my biggest struggles has been accepting my true reality of what I'm capable of doing in any given moment. And we can't do it all. And we certainly can't do it all, all at the same time. Well, that's such great advice for moms, right? I mean, we kind of, people talk about this balance and can you have it all? And I've heard that before that you, maybe you can have it all, but not all at the same time. And you make choices. Well, and I think as I now have three children and as they're aging and my life is changing, how my work has changed throughout that time. There have been periods where I've been all in. I've had a full-time job. There's been periods where I took some time off. There was periods where I was doing a small private practice. There was periods where I was doing a private practice and teaching a ton and doing... And what I've really tried to do is keep the attitude of this feels right for me right now. And that it doesn't mean forever. It doesn't mean, you know, because my insecurities will arise, you know, professionally of like, oh, but I'm not out there. And there's these other people out here and I should really be doing more. And, but then when I do, it's too much and I'm not really listening to myself. And that's more of my ego wanting to be seen. And I have learned that I need to really honor that voice inside of me. And so my career has gone through a lot of different incarnations over the 10 or so years of being pregnant and having kids. And so I've really tried to honor that idea of, okay, this is what feels right right now. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe the best advice is that listening to that voice inside of you, being in touch with that voice inside of you, making choices that are really true and authentic to who you are as a human being and that work for you and your family as a mom, really being true to that voice. Yes. That's job one. I deeply believe that we all hold this profound inner wisdom within each of us. Our task is to find a quiet enough space and give ourselves permission to connect to and hear, and then ultimately in action, honor that voice. I love the way you said that so much. Is there any other advice or wisdom that you can share with our mom audience or our wannabe mom audience or our aunties who have such great mom energy or moms of pets? Like Any other mom wisdom that you'd like to share with us? I think just honoring that parenthood is so not for the faint of heart. <laughs> to really like a deep bow to all the warrior mamas out there and that I so honor and see how each of us fiercely love our children and are trying to do good by them. And my wish is that we each find our tribe, our community in whatever way that looks like, if that includes family, if that includes religious community, your school community, your spiritual community, whatever that is, but to find people in which you can connect and your families can grow together and that you continue to forgive yourself, have compassion. And I think the last piece I would add that we didn't touch on today that I've really been trying to 
incorporate more of in my parenting is finding the joy. Mm, I'm glad you said that. And I speak for myself, get so bogged down with the put your shoes on. We got to go to school. We got to do this. We got, okay, we got to go here. We got to make dinner. We got to eat like that. Sometimes I forget to just enjoy them and have fun with them and appreciate them for their, I have three boys. So there's lots of odd things that happen in my house and in my life, strange noises and all sorts of things. And sometimes it's really annoying. And other times it's just like really funny and sweet and joyful, but I do have to consciously attune to that yeah, because I can very easily get caught up in the daily grind. Right. Such good advice. Well, for Mother's Day, we're doing a special featured collection of our mom's meditations on the app. And two of yours are compassion and love and kindness towards yourself. Those are the names of the meditations that will be in the featured collection. So I think people will get to enjoy your words through those beautiful meditations as well. So thank you so much for being with us today, Stephanie. This is awesome. Thank you, Patricia. A pleasure as always. Yay. Thank you. Thanks so much to Stephanie for being our guest on Untangle today. For more on Stephanie Goldstein, check out mindfullivingla.org. If you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email me at patricia at meditationstudioapp.com. And don't forget to download Meditation Studio in the App Store. We'll see you next time.